What's going on? What's going on, people? How you doing? Welcome to another episode of the Facts Project. I am your host, James Grandmaster Facts Voice. Today, today's a little different. Today is something special that I want to get into because on the on the happenings of basically this weekend with Mortal Kombat coming out, it's a little mixed. It's a little mixed as to how we feel towards the movie. I happen to see it. I have my I have my thoughts. I have my reviews. But I more so have a broad generalization of how I think that this weekend just basically personified itself. And let, let let's just talk about the movie at first. All right. So there was a lot of hype behind this. A lot of hype. And to put it plainly, I was, I, I was, I was with it. I was built up to the hype. I was pretty much trying to just get on board with what exactly was happening. For for one, we're talking about Mortal Kombat, probably one of the, if it's not within your top three fighting games of all time, it should be. In between I, myself, it's Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, and Tekken. Like Street Street Fighter is probably still number one to me. Then it's Mortal Kombat. Then it's Tekken. Like those are the dominant three. As far as video games are concerned, it's a classic. You know, so when I and and if I put it plainly, I remember uh, when the video game came out and how popular the video game was. I mean, goddamn, it allowed for the camaraderie around the hood to basically just go down because everybody was going over everybody's house to see who could whoop anybody's ass and just do damage on any given day after school weekends, after football practice, uh, before track practice, uh, regardless, it was going down, but let's talk about what it meant when it was first adapted into a movie. So I believe, and I have to look this up, uh, I'm going to say it was 1995 was when the first Mortal Kombat was brought into a movie form. And I, the only person I believe uh, that I knew from the movie was um, the gentleman from Highlander who played Raiden, Christopher Lambert. Yes. All right, so... Christopher Lambert played Raiden, and it was like, oh, my God, like, it was 1995. All right, so 1995, I'm I'm definitely in my mid-teens. And I remember taking a crew to go see Mortal Kombat for the first time. And might I say that the soundtrack is still, can still resonate in my mind because it is, it is one of the illest soundtracks Ever is that high techno house fucking soundtrack, but it was like beautiful during like the fight scenes and everything. So a lot of things happened in there because at that time there was so many like action choreography films at, you know, it was, it was evident that this was going to take place in this movie. I remember the Johnny Cage scorpion fight being the standout fight in this movie. I remember the reveal of Reptile because if anybody remembers from the video game, Reptile was uh, he was a secret character in the beginning. 
And then when he got put into this movie and you saw him moving through camouflage through the first time, and then they pull him out of the wall and then be, he becomes reptile, which is almost, he almost just like, looks like has the same uniform as Sub-Zero and Scorpion, but he's just shown in green. And his reveal was dope. The Scorpion Johnny Cage fight. All the scaffolds and everything is pretty much like Scorpion's lair. And Johnny Cage is the cocky one with all the one-liners and saying all the stupid shit, but he's funny. And Scorpion is... Two parts in this fight stand out. One, there was one part... They looked like they were beating the fuck out of each other. But there was one part where Johnny Cage got dropped and Scorpion was stomping the shit out of him. And I remember people in the theater going, yo, like going loud and saying, oh shit, he's stomping the fuck out of him. But it ended, of course, Johnny Cage wins that fight. And then uh, it ended with the signed autograph by Johnny Cage and everything, just like the video game, which was cool as fuck. Uh, I remember the introduction of Goro. Um pretty much as the dominant figure as the uh, almost the 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 head of command in front of Shang Tsung if you want to fight Shang Tsung you got to defeat Goro first that's evident that happens in the game that happened in that movie that's exactly how that shit ran because it was a tournament so when Johnny Cage played uh had to go up against Goro he did the splits gave him the one to the to the hot kazoos and of course ended up dropping Goro out of off of the cliff and everything like that. That was, that was the end of that film. You know what I'm saying? Luke, Luke, uh, Luke Kang. I was about to say Luke Cage, but Luke Kang was the, the heart of the movie. Princess Katana was pretty much uh, the spy from within. Um, Raiden, of course, was the protector, as he usually is. And the introduction to Scorpion and Sub-Zero were pretty much in uh, in terms of they were mortal enemies once, but now they are slaves of Shang Tsung and they fight for other world. Right. And. Pretty much that's how the movie went. It was a tournament. Liu Kang wins the tournament. Boom. Everybody lives happily ever after. We get to this movie. And these are the things that I have a problem with because, of, of course, that's 1995. So we're talking about 26 years ago, 26 years ago. And no, there was a second Mortal Kombat movie, Annihilation. So uh, and no, we're probably not even going to go there because this was during the time where we had Mortal Kombat 2 and 3. And it was a bunch of new characters. They tried to like throw all the characters together in one movie and it just didn't work. Right. So we get this movie. 2021 brand new Mortal Kombat movie. It's going to be rated R. So you're finally going to get the blood and gore that you were expecting. So you're excited. A rated R Mortal Kombat movie. Oh, shit. Like this is going to be dope. Like, how can you not fall in line with the hype? You see some of the uh, the trailer footage, and you're like, yo, Melina looks dope how she looks. Um, we didn't, I don't remember us getting to see Liu Kang. 
I remember seeing uh, like the character design for Kung Lao. I remember seeing who was involved in. I remember seeing a lot of Makai Brooks as Jax. I remember seeing him, and you saw a lot of Scorpion and Sub Zero. And there's a reason behind this because uh, pretty much the plot leading into this movie was based on the origin story of the death of Scorpion, be him being sent to hell and being so angered by his death in hell that he has to redeem himself and come up and fight Sub-Zero in this. And for anybody that does not know the impertinence of what I'm talking about, it is Scorpion's Revenge, the animated Mortal Kombat movie that came out last year, which was fucking flames. It was flames. That was that was an amazing, amazing animated movie. So I can imagine when the animated movie came out and the screenwriters and the writers and probably the production showrunners for this brand new Mortal Kombat movie got to see it for the first time. Well, like they might've been knee deep in their script. They might've looked at it and be like, yo, we got to do some rewrites. This shit is dope. So, so much so that they left out pretty much what makes Mortal Kombat Mortal Kombat. And that is the tournament. You forgot to put the tournament in Mortal Kombat. It's a tournament. It's the whole reason for this. Now, what they did with Scorpion's Revenge was that they took the lore of Scorpion and Sub-Zero being mortal enemies and devised a dope-ass script around that with just those two characters. And that made for an excellent film. But when you do Mortal Kombat as a whole with all the characters involved, whoever you want to put in there, don't put too many. Don't do what Mortal Kombat 2 Annihilation did. That shit was berserk. Like, it didn't even make sense. Like some of the some of the scenes just was out of whack. The introduction of Baraka, uh, Shao Kahn, Jesus Christ. Uh, don't put actors in there that do not have martial arts training. If you do not have people that can do choreography well enough to make for a dope ass fight scene, do not put them in there. So we get down to it and I find out that um, Sub-Zero is Sub-Zero in this brand new movie is my man from the raid. He was uh, the brother, the, the cop that got killed. Excellent martial artist. And no, he he's probably the best part of this whole movie. Because when Sub-Zero shows up, shit, they're more scared of him than they are of Shang Tsung. Shang Tsung just held like a couple motherfuckers up. He killed Kung Lao. You know, I think that was the only like death of one of the heroes in the story. But like... When they saw Sub-Zero coming, motherfuckers was out. It's like Debo coming to the neighborhood. Like, the, as, as much as I want to be persistent to the fact that the storyline is supposed to be about the most evil person in the story being Shang Tsung, Sub-Zero punked everybody. 
the Liu Kang, who is who is generally the heart of the storylines, whether whether you want to call it lore or not, because it is a video game. But his depiction was way off. For one, it seemed as though Liu Kang could not fight like he had powers. He could throw his little flames. He could draw his dry uh, his fire dragon. But it almost seemed like he couldn't fight, which is weird. You know, they 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 introduced Cabal, which was which Cabal was not introduced in any of the Mortal Kombat films. And yet Cabal seemed like he was trashing Luke Kang, um, Luke Kang. I'm about to call him Luke Cage again, but Luke Kang. It didn't make sense. None of it did. You know, uh, the the origin of these birthmarks. Where. The only way that you could uh, provide yourself passage in the other world and to fight in the tournament in the first place was to have these birthmarks. OK, I can live with that. What it's odd, but I can live with it. Right. And. You know, the fact that they are looking for each other, not necessarily knowing why they're looking for each other. Jax is looking for Cole Young. So we get introduced to Cole Young. MMA fighter, not a great MMA fighter, but he was like a few years ago and everything like that. And, hmm. So Cole Young is not a character in Mortal Kombat. They decided to basically, through screenplay and movie magic, create a brand new Mortal Kombat character. And there was a lot of like uh, theories out there that maybe Cole Young is Johnny Cage. And if you watch the movie at the end, there might be some sort of hint towards that. Or is he going to meet him? Don't know. But Cole Young turns out to have uh be a descendant of scorpion and he has to figure out what his power set is the same as a lot of them so you have kano who was involved in this as uh the the one person that was there for comic relief and you have um you have cole you have Sonya and you have Jax and Jax is already uh, pretty much like working into himself because he's been debilitated by sub sub zero to the point where his arms have now been frozen the fuck off and he's got to get some metal ones, which we know from the video game is pretty much what's going to happen. But to get back to it, this the writing is sloppy. The writing is sloppy because there is no tournament. Unfortunately. And. I almost forgot what the plot was like. Okay. Because, because Shang Tsung referenced it. He referenced it. He basically brought up the fact that other world has won nine straight victories that they win the 10th straight victory. Other world gets to basically take over the realm Verf in, in, um, in the name of Shao Kahn and all hell is going to break loose on earth. I get that part. I get it. I totally get it because that's a part of the video game. That's exactly what happens. 
you know, that's the reason for the tournament in the first place. But yet, we didn't even get there. We got everybody basically getting their powers. There was more deaths than fights. So that seemed a little bit off. But this is the thing. Regardless of what I'm saying and the reviews that are coming out, which the majority of them are negative. And there's a there's a bunch of good ones. Regardless of what we're saying, it's the number one movie in America right now for the weekend. It's probably bolstering a lot more viewership on HBO Max than uh, King Kong versus Godzilla did as of right now. And this is fact. So it's it's pretty much going to earn a sequel. So are you allowed to have a bad movie in pertinence to the sequel? If it does well financially, you're probably going to get that. And you have the chance to make it up. I know for one thing, uh, they need to bring back uh, whoever was playing Melina as Princess Katana. Because Lord, oh Lord, without them teeth, I mean, and everything. I've seen uh, Sissy Stringer, I believe her name was. Ooh, Lord. Um, But the main topic and what I wanted to get into today is... What do we expect from our video game adaptations? It's not going to give you, and no, I'm getting this from uh, my fellow party nerd, Jorge Vergara, who basically said, uh, it is not going to give you uh, Oscar-winning cinematography or the best acting possible. I get that. But the thing is, if we talk about video games as a whole, when they get adapted into film, Oftentimes, we're going to get disappointed because it's not there for the dialogue or anything like that. It's just there to entertain you. That's it. So all all it's there to do is there to just entertain you. You go on about your day. You do your little oohs and ahs and oh, shit. And that's it. That's the that's the balance of your day. I expected that when I went to go see King Kong versus Godzilla. When I saw King Kong versus Godzilla, I was like, okay, look, fuck whatever the humans are saying. I'm only here for the fights, right? When I go see Mortal Kombat, I could give a damn what the plot is. I just want to see good fights. And the thing is, with this last movie, I didn't see good fights. I didn't see good fights. I saw some fatalities that made me do the ooh, ah, but I was like, where's the fights? The fights, the, the choreography in a lot of these joints would. Ugh. Subpar. Very subpar. And I didn't find myself interested whatsoever in the fights. I didn't find them that interesting at all. But back to video game adaptations. We talk about, but let's talk about some old ones. Street Fighter. Remember that one? Jean-Claude Van Damme. Raul Julia as M. Bison? Mm. Whew, wasn't my cup of tea. All right. Double Dragon. Oh, good God. Okay. Uh, the Tekken live action. There was a Tekken live action. I, I, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but yes, there was a Tekken live action movie. And it was horrible. Beyond horrible. 
Super Mario Brothers, one of the illest franchises known to man in video games, had a movie. Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo, Dennis Hopper as Ken Cooper, Jesus Christ. Why? Rampage with The Rock. Another one. Why? Doom with The Rock. Why? I, 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 I want to. Like, I, I, I really want to. But it's like when video games get adapted into film, I struggle. I struggle to put myself in a place where I know I'm going to be entertained. Or is it just going to be a horribly bad film? And I wonder why. Because you're not going to get. Let, let, let's just put it this way. Let's put it this way. You're not going to get the same type of um, divulged source material that you that you get from comic books, that you get from uh, literature, that you get from other movies that are basically out there. There's not a lot of backstory in a lot of the characters. The most that you that you would get. Um, and the thing is, it's getting better in video games. Yeah, if you remember from like Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter and everything, if you won with a certain character, you pretty much got like an almost like a a forward from a book as far as like what that person is going to do now that they won the tournament. And that that was it. That's all you got. Like um, the storylines that you get for um like Resident Evil. There's a reason that Resident Evil had like seven movies because there was so much interest in the Umbrella Corporation and storylines that were fitting throughout the video games that it made up for a lot of plot to the point where you can make a lot of a lot of film out of that. And it got made a lot. Mila Jovovich probably made millions of dollars because you know you want to know why because they stuck to the script they entertained the fuck out of y'all they made their money and then they made another one because they knew they would make money if they made if they basically they just did the michael bay thing they just throw some bombs over here some fireworks over here let's get some zombies going zombie uh doberman pinchers and some uh some evil ass motherfuckers in suits and just keep it funky. And that's it. That's all they had to do for resident evil. No plot, no, nothing whatsoever. To be honest, there's some, there's some video game adaptations. I like, I love the first mortal Kombat um, movie. I do. It's cheesy, but I love it. Silent Hill. I don't care what anybody says. I love that shit. Because Silent Hill had a storyline to back up the movie. So when we get in, oh, Sonic. So, all right, I went to go see Sonic with my daughter. And it was dope. It was dope for how they adapted it. I felt as though um, Jim Carrey did a great job. Not really too keen on Jim Marsden. But that was a good movie and they're going to do a second one and they're going to, and the thing is they didn't give you too much in the beginning so they could 
give you the rest of it. Give you knuckles and tails in the next ones. You know what I'm saying? Be- because you got to set your expectations low for video game adaptations. You're not going to get, you know, this superb looking movie with like just great things. Just go there to be entertained. That's it. It's going to a boxing match, watching people fight. That's it. That's all that shit is. But I, to be honest, like when they when it does happen, I get a little weary. And that's okay. <laughs> well, I'm not even sure what the next ones are going to be because once again, we're going to get another Mortal Kombat movie. That's beyond a shadow of a doubt. It's going to happen. So now you have to go into it with the same type of mind frame to where you're looking at it as... And because this one does well, are we going to get a Street Fighter movie? How are they going to basically create that type of timeline? Uh, create that storyline? Get Guile and uh, Chun-Li. Look, they did a Chun-Li spinoff to Street Fighter, and that was just as horrible as Street Fighter. I could go on and on about this stuff, but this is... <laughs> it. It's... It's a it's a double edged sword. Like I said, when I watched King Kong and Godzilla, I knew that I was going there to be entertained. You give me uh, exhibit A, Godzilla, exhibit B, King Kong, and then throw in an antagonistic exhibit C and Mecha Godzilla, and watch everybody fight it out. And I have no problem there because I just sit back and watch this in amazement as to how they built the CGI so much that this looks like an amazing fight in the middle of Tokyo and it blows you away. But that's rather near here or there. Just go to the movies to be entertained. So this is the facts project. Peace, man. We out.